Welcome, everybody, to the Aftersight podcast. I am your host, Penn Street, and thank you all for popping in week after week. And I also want to thank all of my amazing coworkers at Audio Information Network of Colorado, because without their support and their hard work behind the scenes, this podcast would absolutely not be possible. So thank you to all of them. So today's guest I have known for quite a long time. She's actually been a mentor of mine since the day we met. It's Denny Moyer, who is the founder and CEO of Insight Skills Center, which she's going to tell you a lot more about. And so we're going to start out with just some fun questions so the audience gets to know you a little bit better um, And before we dive in. The first one is, if you had a theme song, what would it be? Um, well, there is a song that I like, and sometimes I I listen to it and I think about everything that I've had to overcome. And the song is called Overcomer. Oh. Um, it's, it's a great song, and it just makes me feel like everybody has these struggles out there, but we're all working to overcome um, whatever obstacles we have. So, yeah. That's my. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to listen to that. Um, that's wonderful. And you have overcome a lot, and you've also helped so many others overcome their barriers in their lives as well. So the next song, uh, sorry, not the next song, uh, the next question. Um, I have song now in my head because now I'm like, I really want to hear that song. Um, the next song is Beach or Mountains. Oh, beach. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. You spent a lot <laughs> you of time. <laughs> I, you spent a lot of time, even though you're here in landlocked Colorado. Um, well, that's what makes it so special, going to the beach, because we are landlocked. And so, you know, being able to get out and go someplace else that's completely different. I love the mountains. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I wouldn't live anyplace else. But maybe it's special because that's not what's here. Yeah, that's true. If it was it was outside your door every single moment, you might not appreciate right. it quite as much. Okay, one more. Sweet okay. sweet or savory? Savory. Ooh, that's a good. I'm a cheeseaholic. <laughs> <laughs> and you like good cheese, too. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I've been to some of your parties. Yes, you like good cheese. <laughs> You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit aincolorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit aincolorado.org slash podcast dash guest. And now here's your host, Penn Street. Danny, Danny, I know you, you know, like you've already said, you, you've, you've overcome a lot and you've also helped other people overcome a lot. The interesting thing with you, I don't know if I've ever told you, it took me a long time, even after meeting you, that I knew that you were visually impaired. And it actually was a shock to me because you were a mentor of mine, even before I knew you were visually impaired, just being a woman and owning your own business and how you were changing the world. And you don't use a cane. You, you know, you, you did have a guide dog, Lance, um, bless his heart, rest in peace, Lance. Um, 
but how old were you when you lost your vision? And what is your philosophy about not using a cane or, or a guide dog? I was a teenager. I think I was about 15 or 16 when I first started actually um, noticing that there were some changes happening. But I was actually 19 before they were able to diagnose that I had Stargardt's disease. Okay. It, the, the vision loss happened pretty quickly in the beginning. And then over the years, um, because that's been many, many years ago. <laughs> I won't I'm say very how close many. To re- <laughs> well, I know. I'm very close to retirement. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it slowed down. But, you know, working in the business now, because I can keep it adjusting um, the tools that I use, mm. how I use things, how I use the remaining vision. It impacts me far less than it did then. And I see that with our patients all the time. They come in and they're like, I'm blind. I can't see anything. Yeah. Yet they walk in the door by themselves. They can find the chair by themselves. It's just that initial, uh, you know, I'm starting to lose vision and I'm terrified. Yeah. And then as you adapt, as you know, we just start to work in the environment that we live in. You know, we figure out ways. Yeah. And, and of course, that's what we do. As far as using a cane, I do use a cane. Um, when I am in unfamiliar areas, if I'm walking and it's dark out, mm. like getting off a bus, um, because I don't see cracks or in the sidewalks or where right. the sidewalks are, you know, lifting up. I will use a cane for those. That was what the the dog did. And that was wonderful. You know, he was incredible for me in the bright sun because the bright sun is really bad for me, Mm. almost worse than the dark. Um, And that was when I relied on him. Yeah. Now I um, walk with my husband more. I will still walk by myself, but I'm very careful about my glare control. Yeah. Um, and so the issues for me are central vision loss, which means I still have peripheral vision. And so I just need to be um, more aware of my environment, staying in areas that I'm more familiar with if I'm not using a tool or using a dog. And um, I've learned to be really careful because, I, as you know, yeah. I've had several falls. Yes. And, and so I do try to... Um, minimize yeah. the number of times I fall. <laughs> so say um, as we get older, I know. Yeah, exactly. We don't heal as quickly. No. Um, yeah. So, and as far as dogs go, I loved having my guide dog. Um, unfortunately, you know, he did pass away in February. I'm yeah. babysitting for one who's in the office right now, um, who's in training, and he's a doll, Max. Aww. He's a white lab. I guess I'm just feeling right now as far as getting another dog that I'm older, my husband and I travel a lot and I don't know, it's, it's harder with the dog. Yeah. And so maybe in the future I will get another one when life calms down again. Yeah. Um, but right now, but I love having a dog. I had a companion with me and made me feel safe, even though he wasn't yeah. aggressive. <laughs> Not at all. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> you want to be licked to death. Uh, you know, I just, I really liked having him with me. And I guess that was the hardest part about losing him was that he was my constant companion. Yeah. And, um, but I, I believe in the tools. I believe in all of the tools. And when I travel, I've always got my cane with me. 
um, you know, like I said, if I'm in going into an unfamiliar environment, yeah. a cane is with me. Yeah. And, and speaking of tools, um, could you share with the audience about why you started Insight Skill Center? Because that story is, is amazing and it's changed thousands and thousands of people's lives because of it. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. Um, first of all, I guess I should say that I co-founded with the Forcoms Lions Club, right? Yeah. Um, they gave me the initial money to actually start. This is a nonprofit. And they gave me that initial $5,000 to open the doors and have continued to be huge supporters yeah. of the centers. And um, all of the Lions in the state have also participated in that. But when I got here, my background is occupational therapy. And when I got here, I was working in Longmont. Of course, I had to get a ride from Fort Collins to Longmont. Fortunately, my husband was working in Denver. So we coordinated um, our schedules. And in the mail one day, I got a pamphlet about occupational therapy and eye doctors working together to provide services for people with vision loss, mm. low vision more specifically. Right. And it, I had never even heard of it. Nobody had ever sent me for any kind of rehab. This was, I was born and raised in the Chicago area, um, went to the Chicago Lighthouse even to see my doctor. Wow. Um, and nobody handed me a card, a pamphlet, nothing. Wow. So I didn't really know there were services. And I had decided I was going to go back to school as I was losing vision because I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I had, you know, kids at home and I knew I was going to need to be able to, you know, be independent. I was married, but independence is important for yes. me. Yeah. And so um, when I was taking courses in school and of course I couldn't read the normal textbooks I would just buy a couple of magnifiers and tape them together you know and that was how it started and then when I was actually in the OT program uh, they said well we can give you a person who can walk around classroom to classroom with you and take notes and so she happened to be in the same program and so she would take my notes and then, and I would record, and then we would go to the Xerox machine at the end of the day and she'd blow them up on these legal size pieces oh. of paper. And here I am with my <laughs> magnifiers taped together and reading the notes. Um, but I'm grateful that I was able to figure those out and I was able to get through all of that. But nobody had ever told me about any kind of services for people with vision loss. I had no idea. Wow. And so when I came to Colorado and I got that flyer, I started thinking about, wow, this would be, you know, really interesting. I went to the one day course that they had in Denver and that was it. Wow. I knew at that point, because between my background in working with people with disabilities or um, having vision loss, that this is what I was supposed to be doing. I knew at that point, whether you believe or not, that God had me on the right path. Yeah. That everything that had happened up to that point was leading me to that. But um, then I started looking for, okay, well, who's doing this? Where can I, you know? Right. Well, nobody was, <laughs> I couldn't find anybody in our state that was doing it. So that was when I met a couple of other 
Lions and um, a friend took me to Lions Club and yes. they started to come <laughs> around, but they started asking me for things like, give me some numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, how many people are we talking about? How much money? We see this as a black hole. And I pushed really hard, but I had a big supporter at that time. There was Dr. Lou Thomas, who was in our club, and um, he was a huge supporter. His brother in Illinois was an ophthalmologist. And of course, both of the men have passed away since they were elderly then. So Lou really had it on his heart, too. And so he he pushed for them to support and giving that first $5,000 and myself and a, a dear friend of mine who is an OT, um, Lila Bartman. Um, we actually started the program as volunteers for two years. We worked as volunteers carrying equipment um, up and down a set of stairs. We were um, working out of a donated space from Elder House. Oh, wow. Yeah. And but we were in the basement, yeah. And it was it was a nice space, but it was down on flight of stairs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we would carry stuff upstairs um, on days when there were people in the building, and so we did that for two years until I learned how to write grants, and then I was able to write to find another space and to actually start getting paid, and I was. Paying myself, I was working more than full time, but I was paying myself for part time at oh, okay. then, and uh, not a lot, but it it was it was something. And I'd never been involved with a nonprofit before. Um, I had a really great team. I think that's one of the most important things that, well, I think any business yes. would have is to have the right people around you to support you. Yeah, um, you don't have to know everything. You just need to have people around you who do. Right. And so, you know, getting through the paperwork for the nonprofit and insurance, I mean, all of the things yeah. that I never really thought about, <laughs> my background is really not business. <laughs> and then eventually I did go back to school um, and get uh, a business degree, but that was a lot easier because by then there, I knew about all of the technology that was available yeah. and, you know, all those kinds of things. So I, I guess that's... That's pretty much my story. I don't know how amazing it is, but it, it certainly has turned my life around. I mean, it has changed me so much just being able to serve people. Just a, a quick little note, when I was working in general rehab and I would have a patient who had a broken hip or had had a stroke, often you would be asking them to do things that they really felt they couldn't do. And there were a lot of tears involved. Yeah. I, I've been punched before, all oh. those kinds of things. Oh. But, but now working in vision loss, when somebody cries, it's usually because they can see something. Again. <laughs> yeah. they, they can read or a monocular helps them to see across the street or, you know, a dog has helped them with their independence, whatever it is. Um, now, when we have tears, it's, it's more because I can do something and yeah. not because I can't do it. I, I love the business. I'm I'm saddened that I don't get to spend time with patients anymore, that I'm all administration now. Yeah. But I love the work. Well, and the one thing that I think that really sets inside out in front of everybody else is because, well, at least for my own experience, 
I was always, you know, I was, they wanted to teach me Braille. You know, they wanted to teach me how to use a cane. They wanted me to do everything tactfully because I was going to lose my vision 100%. That's what they thought. And they were preparing for me, you know, to do that. And, and, and that's fine. And I learned a lot. But never did anybody sit down and say, well, wait a minute. You actually do have a fair amount of residual vision. And you may not lose it ever. You mean it may be five years, 10 years or never, but nobody ever put a magnifying glass in my hand. Nobody ever put me in front of a CCTV. Nobody ever taught me about lighting. And those in contrast, those simple things that now I take for granted until until I went to Insight. And that's when I say you change lives, you do, because even somebody like me who had really pretty decent blind skills, I did not know that it was okay to trust my residual vision with the right tools. And that's where Insight really changed my life forever. And I will always be so thankful for that. And, you know, you you do, you know you are phenomenal. And, you know, your story is a great story that I think people can relate to. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And that's, that's such a nice thing to say. I, you know, you'd asked me earlier about my philosophy and it has always been for people to use the vision that they have remaining. Yeah. I I don't understand why you wouldn't, you know, Uh, if you had a stroke, but you had some residual movement in your hand or your arm, you'd use it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I never understood the philosophy of teaching people with vision under blindfold. And and I get it that, you know, not everybody who's losing vision is going to have residual vision for the rest of their lives. And and anything can happen to me as well, you know. Yep. And so those skills are really important. But it's also important to teach people that they can continue to do the things that they love with the remaining vision that they have and not feel that I'm blind now. I can't do anything. Right. And, it, and it's overwhelming, right? That when you get that mm-hmm. initial, you know, diagnosis, mm-hmm. you do feel like you're going to be totally blind tomorrow, or that's what it right. feels like. And, but if you have somebody that, you know, go, hey, let's see what you do still have and how we can teach you to use it to the best of your ability. It puts the power back on you <laughs> that, oh, mm-hmm. I can make choices. I actually have some skin in this game. I don't have to be a victim to my to my vision loss. Right. Yeah. And we are the most successful with people who also feel that way. Yeah. You know, for, for somebody who doesn't want to be independent or you know, we've had people come in and we'll put them in, you know, front of a CCTV and they can read the newspaper. They can, you know, yeah. read really small print, but, but my doctor told me I'm blind. So um, no, I'm not going <laughs> to, wow. I'm not going to take this. And it's like, I, I, do you even hear yourself? <laughs> but, it, you know, like you said, um, it, when somebody's first diagnosed, Generally, they are being diagnosed because they've begun to lose vision. Yeah. And it's scary. It's really scary when yeah. you can't see things. Now, see, it's been so long for me and for you. Yeah. Um, that I don't really remember what it's like to have 
normal vision. Right. You know, yeah, I 2020 don't. vision. And I don't even remember what it's like to not be affected by the sun. Like yeah. the sun shoots pain through, you know, my eye. I, I don't even remember what that's like. You know, I, I think that that's part of what happens when we, we get diagnosed is we still remember um, that, you know, I'll say yesterday, it's not yesterday, yeah. but that we could read small print and that we could drive a car or that we weren't bumping into walls and doors and cabinets, you know, whatever. They re- they have that, that memory yet. And yeah. until they get used to the adaptations um, and that one, one tool doesn't fix everything, uh, you know, there is always going to be frustration. Always. I'm always amazed when people can see in a distance and they're like, oh, look at him. He's got this little red thing on his ankle. And, you know, and they're like across a football field. And I'm like, what? You, there's people over there. You can see them. Um, a little bit jealous, you know. Yeah. But, but I know there was a reason for my vision loss. Yeah. And, and it taught me so much. And so I, I, have, I have no regrets about it. Yeah. I really don't. Um, I don't regret that they haven't come out with those cars yet for us. <laughs> I know. I want. I want the bicycle version. Uh, oh. Yeah. I want. I want to be able to walk out my door, jump on my bicycle, and go wherever I want to without having to worry about running over small children or animals. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Danny, insights, um, you know, you guys have a lot of programs, you know, you have the low vision support group, you have a book club, you're um, doing yoga. Um, You have, you know, you have a counseling aspect um, there, but then you're also, you're starting in this new venture with Division of Vocational Rehabilitation. Do you want to share a little bit about that? I do, but I also want to say, you know, you mentioned our some of our activities, but the actual comprehensive low vision program um, <laughs> where we do evaluations, yeah. uh, we have doctors on site and occupational therapists on site to evaluate a person's needs and to do home visits. We also have orientation and mobility. Um, we have one-on-one coaching for adjustment to vision loss, yeah. um, assistive technology training. So. There, there is a lot going on, yeah. and the one thing, and I know, even when you were um, working at Insight for a while, we had talked about vocational programs yeah. and how to get people employed. That the unemployment rate is so high for people, yeah, um, so much higher than it is for people who are sighted, yeah, and it's actually less than I thought. Uh, so many people had quoted me like seventy, seventy-five percent, and it's it's not. But the number is still very high yeah. and for working age adults. And so to, to be able to figure out a way to come up with a program where we could help people to um, learn skills that they need in order to become employed. And then the other piece of it is hopefully um, being help, helping them to be able to find a job. Yeah. Um, so it's really just getting started. Um, we're kind of we're set here. And we're making sure that DVR knows that, you know, we're ready to go. Um, We've had several meetings about that. And so there's two aspects to this program. And one is the pre-vocational skills that we can help with, which would be the orientation and mobility, assistive technology, 
the low vision services that I've already mentioned and um, techniques for daily living. So those are to prepare somebody before they can actually get into the vocational program. They've got to be able to use Zoom text or JAWS or just their own screen reader on their computer, you know, all of the accessibility options that are on the computer. Um, If they're using their phones, if they're using tablets, they need to be able to use those pretty easily and pretty efficiently. So we can we can teach those kinds of things. O&M obviously right. speaks for itself. The person's got to be independent and be able to travel. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the low vision aspect of it and the daily living skills are important because if you're going to get a job, you've got to be able to dress yourself well. You've got to have hygiene. Yeah. Um, oh, good hygiene. I guess hygiene doesn't yeah. really cover it. <laughs> you know, good hygiene and, and, you know, all of those kinds of things. You've got to know about um, time. I mean, if you're getting a job and it starts at nine o'clock, then you need to be there at that time. It's not oh, whenever and the bus was late. You know, you've got to be able to problem solve through yeah. those things. So that's that's the beginning part of it. And then there is an assessment. and the the assessment is actually done by a, all of a sudden I went blank <laughs> on uh, World Services for the Blind oh, in Arkansas. Right, oh my right. gosh! That's okay. Hope they don't hear this. <laughs> that would be terrible. And they're the ones who came to me. Yeah. They actually own this program. Wow! And we are facilitating this program for them in Colorado. They run it in Arkansas, but they own all of the. Um, intellectual property for this program. Everything is done online. So we've got computers here. We've got um, the laptops and we've got um, desktops, large screens for everybody. There's JAWS and Zoom text on all of the, the computers. And so they do the assessment. And then we actually have a facilitator in the building. They have to come to our building, even though they're online. Because again, it's like a job. Right. So you have to show up. You have to be here for a certain amount of hours. You have to do the work. There are anywhere from six to 12 month programs. Okay. And they include like assistive technology instructor or customer service call center specialist. And I might say that many of these, you could work from home once you actually got a job with a company. Um, there's credit counseling. There is informational technology specialist. There is certified medical billing representative, okay. which I need right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Microsoft <laughs> Office specialists, wow. Office Essentials. Um, let's see. There's service employment and technology. There is small business management, and wow. there is sourcing and recruiting. Wow. So those are some of the courses that they offer. And they, they having, I haven't taken any of these courses. Um, but I know that what they're teaching, give you the skills to at least start yeah. in a position with the basic skills you need for that. And that's huge. That's absolutely huge that at least you have that groundwork so that when right. you apply for a job, you know you're qualified and you have the skills 
So it's it's so Denny, yeah. how how do people find out about Insight and more information about all these programs that you're talking about? Well, of course they can call us. The the number in Fort Collins is 970-407-9999. They can always give us a call and ask. They have to be a client of DVR. Okay. So if they're not, we can refer them to DVR and I've been told that they will help to fast track. If the person qualifies, they have to go through the interview process with DVR, of course, um, and get on their caseload. And if somebody's already a DVR, and this is anywhere in the state, then if they are already on the caseload, then they can ask DVR about the program. Okay. But the staff here can talk about this program and, you know, or take a message and get it to me or, you know, talk to the facilitator. Yeah, and that website is insightskills.org, and that's E-N-S-I-G-H-T-S-K-I-L-L-S dot O-R-G. And, I, and you can find out about everything Insight does as well um, there. You know, if you're struggling with vision loss or if you've gotten that diagnosis that we've been talking about um, and want to, to find out more about, well, how do I use that residual vision that I've left? Definitely, you know, check out the website, call, call them. They're amazing, amazing people there. Um, many of them have, you know, been through vision loss either themselves or they know somebody because um, we all know Denny. So it's, 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 it's not a scary call. I, I can assure you. <laughs> no. It's definitely not a scary call. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, Denny, um, I always give um, the guest a chance to ask me one question, and any anything you can ask me anything. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I I would kind of like to know what your future plans are. Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years, Ben? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, this position that I have with Audio Information Network of Colorado has just, it really has been a godsend to me. You know, Denny, you were talking about, you know, whether you believe it or not, that, you know, this is where you're supposed to be. And that and that's definitely, I feel that way with Audio Information Network of Colorado, because what's awesome is like, I continue, I get to still work with people like you and so many of the other people that I've worked with, you know, over this long period. Um, but I just want to, you know, every day is a gift to me. Um, you know, I have other health issues going on and have for a while. And every morning I wake up and, you know, I really do. I just give thanks that I'm still here. I can still get out of bed and I can, I can still serve. You know, you're talking about just how great it feels that you're in a position that you can give back and that you can help people. It's, it's definitely the same for me. And it is because, Denny, and I'm not just saying that I've said this to you before, you have been a mentor of mine for so many years. And it's, it's awesome to have people like you that I can still look at to get inspiration. But also, if I have a problem or a question, I can still, I feel comfortable reaching out to you, which I have. Um, so it's, it's, life is good. Life is really good. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. 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 And, and I agree. I feel like I'm blessed every day I can get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. It's like, 
okay, it all still works. I'm up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Denny, what's, what's the one takeaway that you would like somebody to take away from our conversation today? I just want people to know that there are services out there that um, Insight serves the entire state. We have offices, you know, all over. I think there's, I don't know, seven maybe yeah. um, satellite offices that we have that they don't need to feel like they're on their own or that they're alone, that there are people out there who want to help. And there is something that can be done, even though they may have been told um, that there isn't anything else that can be done. Usually that's the doctor meaning there isn't anything else they can do. That's right. Um, but there is something else that can be done. And so, uh, you know, I think you do yourself a disservice by not looking for the resources that are out there. And yeah, it might take a little bit of time or checking different kinds, you know, whether you go to the um, area agencies on aging in your in your county or you, you know, you make some random phone calls. Yeah. Uh, resources are out there. Yeah. And really to just sit at home and, and feel like there isn't any help out there for you. That's to right. me, that's incredibly sad. And I just want people to know that there is something we can help. That's awesome. And and speaking of resources, I know Insight Skill Center has a ton of resources on their website. And then as well as Audio Information Network of Colorado, Insight is actually on our resource page. And we will in the podcast notes, um, we'll put a direct link to Insight. So if you didn't catch that, we'll definitely put a direct link there so that you can have easy access. Um, well, Denny, thank you so much for taking time. I know how busy you are and how crazy you are and um, trying to get everything done for all of us. And um, thank you so much for coming on today. And um, yeah, and I am going to look up that song. <laughs> hey, we'll probably put a, a link to that song on the podcast notes as well. Um, and remember to be kind to yourself this week and find a way to be kind to somebody else. It's good for your soul. <laughs> <laughs>